To listen to the show, search Omni TV wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome to the Omni TV podcast. It is currently our last episode of the bi-weekly uh, program that we've been doing. However, we're going to get a little bit further into that as we go into the show. But today we have our lovely co-host, Woofy is me joining us. Hello. Hello, hello. I am alive. Welcome back to dead. the show. <laughs> I was dead for two weeks. Um, yeah. And now I'm back. And now you're back. I didn't bring... it's, it's no a... gift for you. Ah, uh, come on! I I, no I need something, you. man. Just a little, a little something. I'll give you something, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I'm back, and joining us are our lovely, lovely panelists, Zephyr. Hello, hello. And Dave. Hello, hello. I'm dead this time. How? No, You're dead this really? time? Yeah, yeah. Why are you dead this time? Oh, I had to be the opposite of you, so, you know. Dead. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I that's mean, fair. I mean, you have to be really, able to tell the Australians apart. I'm, I'm a lich, really. You're a lynch? I'm a lich, really. I got my soul jar in the back, in the cupboard. You, you caught me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, I guess. I mean, I'm surprised you keep it in such an obvious got, place. I've yeah, got such on an that. obvious place, just like right next to you, you know. Anywho, uh, <laughs> how is everyone doing this week? I'm good. I'm doing I'm good. pretty, pretty, pretty alright. Pretty yeah, alright. It's well. been an interesting week. Um, not going to go into it, but it's yeah, been it's an been an interesting week. week. There's a lot of game news and all that cool stuff. I I feel like there's too much to cover today, but I mean, I'm well. still waiting for my Bubsy remake. Bubsy. Uh, Bubsy. That would be amazing. Stop with Bubsy! Come on! We've already got like two new games. Just, uh. just settle for that. Bubsy is best uh, master. Every anyway. time, every time that game gets mentioned, it to me, it's just like, please, just, just. Just stop. Just stop. It's fair. We can't let it the is dream to die. Stop. <laughs> so what so, has everyone been playing? I... Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, man. Let's start with Dave. What have you been playing this week? Uh well this week uh let's see, what have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of Terraria with the new update that oh, had come out. Oh yeah, I've been playing that that's basically me. So basically we me finally completed our master mode run and now we're playing modded again so back to the old update so you know <laughs> really really taking advantage of this brand new content um finished yeah, I, it I and went tell. straight back to the old can stuff I, huh? pretty can much I, can i can i ask what mods are you running because there's some really great ones uh, at the moment, let's see what are we running we we were running spirit mod but we removed that which we kind of regret because slight world gen issues now. Um, Calamity, Thorium, <gasps> Universal yes. Swords, yes. Um, Crystallium, uh, Magic Storage, Loot Bags, etc. Yeah. Loot Bags, yes! I was going to say, I if there's one mod you should put in, is Loot Bags. That it's is amazing. It's been so good playing yes. with it. 
Um, but yeah, apart from that, I've been playing... So on stream today, we played Metalheads, which is an indie game from... How is that? It's really fun. It's very early access. Like, very, very early access. Um, so, buggy? Jank? Uh, it can be buggy. Um, like, we're playing on the latest build. So, one of the guys who streams with us got in contact with the dev through PAX last year. And mm. so we've been given um, basically alpha alpha access to it. So we get the direct dev builds. So you've got a bunch of keys for the dev build. Nice. Yeah, so, so that's been good. So the game is actually free. Um, at the yeah. moment, the online is mostly working for the dev build. And mostly working? What do you mean by mostly working? Um, so, he's still trying to fix this one. Um, when an issue happens within the game, like someone disconnects or something like that, which is partially working now to bring them back in, if all else fails, you have to completely close the game. So, Alt F for the game. Or, oh right, okay. That's yeah. Uh, the back button doesn't properly work. For it, then. Yeah, yeah, like this is ah. extremely early access. Like the fact that we can actually play and stream it is amazing. Yeah, and we've been able to give a lot of help and information of like, oh, here's some things you can fix and all that. And he actually mm -hmm. comes in and joins us for games so he can properly test it. That's cool. There's, uh, so there's a uh, dev-consumer-streamer relationship going on. Yes. Uh, that's pretty awesome. For that. That's, yeah. that's cool. It's good that yeah. you can get hands-on with such an active project and yeah. uh, help move that project forwards. It's like exactly. indie devs are, are always, for the most part, uh, are usually very open to lesson and yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, they're usually very uh, very responsive. and Yeah, yeah. and really the smart. fact that we can give him this feedback straight away and he can usually see, like, oh, this is actually the issue we're having and we can see it. Yeah. Because sometimes it can be yeah. difficult to go, like, oh, this is an issue that happened. Don't know how it happened. It just did. Yeah. Which isn't very helpful <laughs> when he's yeah, a game-breaking bug. allows you... <laughs> I was going to say, having that video evidence allows them to be like, oh, okay, this is what caused that, so let's see why this happened. Exactly. I mean, Jump in, yeah. There is some kind of... I, I know uh, early access games can be decisive. Uh, like, mm -hmm. very alpha games can be decisive. But, I mean, if it's a game you end up enjoying, you can at least say that you were part of the development process in a way, and I think that's kind of endearing. Um, exactly. Yeah. Be able to think that you, like... Not only are playing a game you kind of enjoy, uh, but you're also like helping its development. And exactly. Okay, so yeah. we've got Terraria and uh, Metalheads. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, there's also Minecraft Dungeons, um, yeah, which we'll, I I did we'll only play for a bit. When I but start yeah. talking about that one, <laughs> you've had a few more experiences with that one. Jump into that, um, Zephyr. What? Are you uh, so I have been playing so much Terraria, you have no idea, except I've been playing it very slowly. So usually when I play through Terraria, I play, I don't speedrun, but I play through fairly quickly. 
Um, yeah. But this time I spent about two weeks in uh, pretty hard mode, and mm-hmm. it was mostly me just building. Building, so... collecting things, and by the end, because I was playing classic mode, by the end of it, I got very disappointed when I killed the wall of flesh because he was so easy. I I feel like um, classic mode, like the OG classic mode, um, is too easy now with all the weapons and everything they've added, and it it's really just, is. it it's not challenging unless you play on like it's gone that step too far in additions yeah. for the vanilla experience. Yeah. I feel like saying? if you've played Terraria before at least once through in the early mm-hmm. days, you would be much more satisfied playing through if you're going to play through slowly, you'd be much more satisfied uh, playing through on expert mode. Like I feel yeah, right. like okay, I, that's the normal I was about to ask that question. Now. Yeah. 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 So, if um, so people gone. I was going to say if people uh, are new to the game would you recommend them going straight into classics so they have yeah. an idea of what they were the, getting into? Or yeah, the interesting thing to... is they've added a journey mode, which is even easier than classic, which I don't I don't mind it, but I feel like classic is easy enough. Like, if you're going into Terraria for the first time, like, unless, I guess, unless you, you're like, um, I'm going to be careful bringing this up here, but unless you're, like, disabled or whatever and you yeah. really can't play the game in a normal way i would if you say have some play sort of handicap yeah i would say yeah. play classic mode otherwise but i think journey mode is kind of there for like young kids or people who very very can't play the game quite as easily as other people yeah i think it's Baby's great that first it's survival there. game yeah from what I've seen of from what I've seen of journey mode, I think that's basically the creative mode. I actually haven't yeah. looked much into it, but yeah, so, s- s- normally sorry. for first players, I'd actually recommend expert these days because experts yeah. experts sort of like now the normal mode. <laughs> yeah, with all the items they've added pre hard mode and post hard mode. Um, it's made the game very easy. So when I played through with my sisters of mine on a custom server, that was the last time we played through it all the way to Moon Lord. We played through on Expert with all the mods and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we really enjoyed it. I f- felt like that was the right difficulty for us. So you you both have touched on uh, mods for that game. Do you both scene... agree that 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 is the experience that you should be going for for Terraria? I say if you play through Terraria, this is how I say for any game, play through it normally first, then play through with mods. Because it yeah, can skew what I'm your saying perception is like, of which what the one game is, is. Which one, in your opinions, is more the definitive Terraria experience? For me, the definitive Terraria experience is Master Mode um, Vanilla, um, only because it it feels like that perfect balance of like extreme yeah. difficulty. Like when you first start out, you're being killed almost instantly by the slimes, which yeah. are okay. base level, worst of the worst enemy, um, right, and okay. it's it's a very big learning curve. Um, like personally, so I played crawling. Pardon? I'm gonna say way through the mud to get to a point where you're actually happy 
to go and actually fight things instead of being a little defensive. Exactly. Um, right. And when you eventually do, like, get all the way through to the end of it and you've got the best, um, you feel amazing because it's taken so much effort to get there. Um, this is what I say... Yeah, what I say about the mods is the mods, depending on what one you put in, I say Calamity makes the game harder. Thorium definitely makes the game easier. Like, so, a lot easier. To the point where it definitely does skew the perception of the game a little bit. So there's I, a lot of mod options. Yeah. yeah. I find it quite funny, though, playing through Calamity now, after playing through Master Mode, Calamity feels so easy. <laughs> I... It's crazy how yeah. easy Calamity now feels after Master Mode. For, for people who haven't played Terraria, I'm not going to talk about the new boss they added in Journey's End, but there is a new boss they added in in uh, in that in that update, which kind of feels like something out of Calamity. You know mm-hmm. which one I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, so... I've done the no-hit of that one during the day, and that was brutal. Thank yeah, you. It, it, uh, well, it's like a bullet hell. Thank you both for yeah, right. talking about uh, Terraria and answering that particular question because uh, my experience with Terraria is the old Terraria, so uh, oh definitely try. I would yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely my... try playing it again. It is an amazing game, especially on PC. Um, yeah, I haven't played two years myself, so same. Yeah, that's probably my it is. Experience Once too. you play it, you lose a weekend to that game. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, what's... Apart from Terraria, would it, have you played anything else, or is that it? Um, I mean, I haven't quite got back into Akami yet, because I finished up my 30 days of dub. Um, yeah. So gaming yeah. has, for me has been very light. I got a lot done. Obviously, the plan was not to finish a game in those 30 days. That's not possible, friends. You can't... Unless you're making, like, like a five Unless minute you're EA. game. Yeah. Unless you're EA. Um, game development is a very, very involved <laughs> thing. Even for something that's just like 2D, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it is mm-hmm. incredibly involved and it takes way more time than some people think it does. You can't just click a button and the game's done. Like the old that, boot simulator. That ad. 30 days uh, experience for you was uh, very welcome, then, I'm guessing. It's... It absolutely, yeah fueled the project a little bit more and pushed yeah. it forwards. Absolutely has. And That's I cool, I yeah. love I love playing it's like my love of playing games wanted it was kind of like the the thing that made me want to make a game. I mean mm-hmm. I know I can't make a game to the level of what other people make their games to. Yeah. But it's the the point of it is not not to make something like EA or whatever, like, because that's not possible, especially on uh, just me, me on my lonesome on a on a on a no money budget, basically. It could so much better. But, but it's it's like having those ideas and then watching them come to life. Well, that's really exciting to me. It's it's not only that. It's it's all your focus. It's all your yeah. direction, which is quite satisfying to yeah. get the return from so yeah. um one thing i do mm. want to ask about that 30 days um was uh in terms of streaming 
because uh, you were streaming this 30 days, weren't you? I streamed um, every day in May. And how did you find streaming back to back every single day? Uh, I got some days I got really burnt out. I'm not gonna lie, very very burnt out. I I'm not not built to stream every day. Mm-hmm. However, I did enjoy it. I, I did enough. very much enjoy it. I took a few days break from streaming, and then I went straight back into Terraria. Um, but yeah, the plans to go back into Akami again and get that off the ground running. Cool. Awesome. Fair enough. Uh, awesome. Wolfie, do you want to go first? Yeah, because we we you've got you've got stuff you want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have I been playing this week? Well, I'm going to say last two weeks. You didn't hear from me uh, last time. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah. So I played an, a game that's in alpha called Soulborn. I was invited to the Discord to get an alpha key and various things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it's a an adventure RPG with Nordic inspiration. Yeah. And Ooh. so much fun. So what is your first general opinions of what you've played so far? Um, For three hours worth of content, it is really good. Really good? Like, stupidly really good? good. Uh, yeah, stupidly good. Like, I haven't had this much fun in the game in a long time. And that's um, saying something. Yeah. I, I didn't expect to get as enthralled in this game as I did. And for an alpha, how polished it was, mm-hmm. um, it surprised me as well. It was a really polished alpha. There were very little bugs. Um, when there were, when there was a bug, it was very obvious that it was a bug. Yeah. Um, in the final boss fight of the alpha, I glitched the uh, boss two or three different times, which resulted in me having to, you know, off myself. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Very but honestly, the... off yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, really good. There were two dungeons. Uh, one that was more physics-based, physics one that was more akin to your Zelda type of dungeon. Right, okay. Oh. Um, um, mm? I was just going to ask the question of, uh, who is the dev for this? Uh, Mad Pixel, I believe. Mad I believe Pixel, that's okay. the name of the developer. Hang on, give me a second and I will tell you. Uh, Mad Pixel Studios. Okay. That is the name of them. And they are located in Germany. Nice. So, um... Here we go. Do you want me to give you a brief synopsis of the game? Yeah, go for it. Soulborn is a story-based open-world adventure RPG set in the reinvented Norse mythology universe. The soul-devouring monster Nidhogger, uh, Nidhogg, whatever you pronounce it, threatens to destroy the human world, Midgard. The gods cannot stop it because they lost their lives in the battle of the first Ragnarok. You take the role of Brianjar, the new owner of Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, who -hmm. tries to stop the evil monster. But not only the soul devourer threatens the godless world, a new Ragnarok is also heralding. Right, okay. Dot, dot, dot. Interesting. It does sound like it would be something that I could quite gladly lose myself in. Um, Um, Well, if you're interested in having a go with the game, just... You, you know, go to their website, which is 
uh, Mad Pixel, I believe. Let me just double check that. Pixel. Yeah, Mad Pixel, MadPixelStudios.com forward slash project forward slash Soulborn. Yeah. Uh, you can join the Discord, you can get an alpha key that way, and, you know, download it and have a go there. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, after after <laughs> we're done here, I'm going to go and take a look at that. It sounds like it's an interesting... I know, right? Uh, you, you see my amazement at it being an alpha? Yeah, yeah, it's big. using it's using an Unreal Engine 4, I believe. So, it's going to look pretty. Yeah. The I Okay, so I I have a huge thing for very rich color in a game. I I I'm, I'm so done. I hate the PS3 brown era. But like you look at the screenshots on the page, that second one from the the left at the bottom, with the like just purple so illuminating the room, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, yeah. So after that little brief bit of uh, advertisement for an amazing <laughs> game, <laughs> which wasn't meant to be, but sure. Uh, what else have I played? I I replayed Spyro: Hero's Tale from start to finish, hundred percenting that. I was, was I was watching that. I didn't. Game. I must have missed the end. Because uh, I didn't realize you had finished that game. Yeah, no, I finished it on the Monday. Um, Jesus Christ! Like some of the blink levels in that are painful. They really the are. Yeah, you were like, I remember you were like, oh, the blink yeah. levels aren't that bad. Because <laughs> yeah, like... I, I completely blinked out the um ha blinked out the <laughs> ice and fire levels. I the completely forgotten fire about those. Level was... yeah. See, the fire level wasn't as bad as the ice level. Honestly, I prefer the fire level to the ice level. I somewhat agree with you with that. Uh, to be perfectly honest, it's a much better experience. There's levels side from like a modest annoyance to like uh, a kind of heated rage by the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, um... I do agree with that. To uh, the other, I think the other overarching issue I found with the game was some of the enemy placements and how frequently they could hit you if you were stuck in a um, if you were stuck in a situation where you were constantly being hit, you could not get out of it, and then you'd die. So, but on the whole, it was brilliant. Um, I'm actually happy I 100 percented it because a few years ago, I when I was much younger, I never got around to finishing it because I could not find one goddamn I, egg. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't 100% it either. I, I really feel like it's a game I should go back into because I never 100%ed it, I'll be, I'll be honest. I never did. I'm um, very much the same. I but... never 100%ed it either. But, but again, uh, Hero's Tale, I'm going to mention this again, Hero's Tale is a very colourful game and I lo- love really how is. it looks visually. Like, Oh, so much. It's aged so well, in my opinion. It looks beautiful. Is this the colour episode? It is the colour episode. Yes. <laughs> I love colour, man. I mean, it's, I mean, whatever. It's, it's, that's it's it. Pride Month. That's, that's the title. Colours, what? We need all the colour this month. <laughs> we need them colours, boys. Colours, what? Uh, <laughs> So yeah, what, I what I, just, I just I just I'm just doing? really into games that have a really good like color aesthetic to them. Yeah. yeah. Same. And the only other notable thing that I've played of late is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which I think 
I may oh, have started on, playing. That's on sale on GOG right now. Not not sponsored. Is it? it is. Um, yeah, as of the the fifth. Uh, For people watching in the future, it's on the fifth of uh, June, twenty twenty. So it's probably not on sale now when you're when you're watching yeah. this. Um, but no, it is a really good Metroidvania by you mm. know the father of uh, Castlevania. Yeah, the uh, daddy yeah. of Castlevania. I have not played a single Castlevania game. I'm going to Neither confess that I. right now. I Neither have I. I want to. I do want to. I've seen... So playing Bloodstained... Uh, uh, go back and play Symphony of the Night to see how mm. that's like. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Bloodstained Bloodstain, Bloodstain, another beautiful game that has rich colours here and there. Yeah. Um, I got I got really into the cooking mechanics. Of course, uh, last time, hell yeah! Like, <laughs> I actively went out and fought two enemies just so I could have two ingredients to finish off some recipes. <laughs> That's how far down the rabbit hole I went. I had a list, right? I got a pen, I got paper, I had a list, and I outlined what I needed of each ingredient so I could make this one thing. I went out shopping and bought the items from the shop, and anything I couldn't, I went and killed the enemies for. I did yeah. this for about an hour on stream. Oh wow! Th that it feels was... like how I <laughs> handle MMO crafting or something. I don't know, like that. It's therapeutic. Yeah, like it is kind of. I got awesome. lost, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a step back from exploring, and I'm going to cook. <laughs> I always love so it, it those parts of games which Brilliant. really pull you in. I've always loved yeah. crafting systems and cooking systems and all oh. that. The first crafting system I remember that blew me away because this wasn't a common thing in uh, was it two thousand and whatever. But do you remember a game called Arx Fatalis? It was a game by Beth I think Bethesda had it. No, before, that's like, by Arcane. That's by Arcane Studios. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's that their first game. Yeah. I can I interject really quickly? Yes. Go for I it. just watched a documentary on Arcane and their entire history. Oh my yeah. god, it is so good. So, I need to sit down and watch that. Yes. I'm going to just quickly remind myself when Arx Fatalis came out. but uh, I think it was like 90-something. 99? Yeah. I remember before even playing it, I was reading the book, and it was talking about how you could make pies in it. I was like, what the hell? You could <laughs> bake pies in a video? In a... In a dungeon video in a game that is of the video variety what it came out in what? 2002 in the uk okay yeah, my bad but um that just blew my mind the fact you could yeah. make like uh uh that was the first game that had proper like crafting i feel like in it the crafting i cared about um but yeah sorry sorry I to go off on such a tangent but <laughs> that, that's completely fine because i'm going to build upon your tangent um Arcane have a really interesting history because yeah. they have two different studios, one based in America and one based in France, I think. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember where it is uh, exactly. Apparently the first game came out in Germany, so I feel like maybe it started in in good old Deutschland. I'm not sure. Apparently, I have no idea. Yeah, apparently Arcane um, first came out in Germany, 28th of June 2002. Yeah, but they went on they then went on to do uh Dark Messiah with Ubisoft, I believe. Dark and then they had Messiah. a. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they did a whole bunch of cancelled stuff. 
a whole yeah. bunch of castle yeah. stuff. <laughs> they had a game called The Crossing oh, in the Works, which was they an... did. Yeah, Might and Magic, Dark yeah. Messiah. Wow. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, they had a game. Yeah, called The Crossing in the Works, which was an asymmetrical uh, shooter mm-hmm. where it, you had two different worlds. One where France just full, uh, developed fully, didn't leave the country, didn't do anything, oh. and you had these major towers that had gothic architecture. And in the other world, you had your usual skyscrapers that we have in modern era, and you could switch between the two. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of uh, they've done a little bit of Fallout seventy six, as it turns out, <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. I'm I'm assuming uh, it's the uh, I don't know what they did on it. Uh, it you got to watch the uh, documentary by NoClip. I I'm uh, gonna watch that. I think now after after then, uh, there was, uh, yeah, I'll take a look at rec- that after the show. I think yeah, there was also uh, a project called LMN- LMNO. Which they he, they were making collaboration with a few other studios and Steven Spielberg himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one was Ravenhold. Ravenholm. Ravenhold. That's such which, a cool name. I, I love games with cool anyone names. Anyone who knows Valve knows Ravenhold is a part of the Half Life universe. It is, yeah. Um, they were working on a Half Life game. Um, and that that documentary actually shows off footage of that game, which has not been seen anywhere else. Nice. I I will definitely be taking a look at this uh, documentary after the show. You you should. Uh, um, and then it goes on to you know Dishonored, then mm-hmm. Prey, and everything else they've done since then. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, Arcane, really really cool studio for only being like twenty years old. So. Yeah. Just as a random thing, thinking of Arx Fatalis, because I saw this when searching it up, I don't know if it is still free, but you can get it for free it's... through Bethesda. I don't think it is now, but yeah, it was yeah, free I... like a few days ago. Yeah. But yeah, funnily Neat. enough, mentioning it. So, um, uh... But yeah, that's what I've played slash watched, I guess, yeah, in the last two, two, three weeks since I was last year very tangenty episode i'm liking this this is good yeah i, I don't mind like, nice good, good, good bit of good bit nice of it's quite nice going into multiple yeah. different topics it's it's it's, it's nice. awesome nice uh, cow bringing it back to games that we're playing uh, the so uh what the hell have you been playing from the last episode, we were talking about um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and how I'd been playing on uh, Stadia. I can still Oops. tell you, after an extra 40-plus hours of playing that game on Stadia, it's still working. I have hey. no issues whatsoever. So that's, that's my Assassin's Creed plug for... Uh, well, my Stadia plug for this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, another game I was stupidly excited about playing, uh, Minecraft Dungeons, as Dave said earlier in the show, and we said we'd come back to it. The reason why we're coming back to this particular game is by the way that it released um, on Windows PCs. So... Uh, you're all aware that you could purchase it differently in different locations 
on Windows yeah, you could either... and play together with people, right? Yeah, on PC yeah. you could either push it straight through the Mojang site, or you could play it, push it through the Microsoft Store. And there was also Xbox Game Pass plugged into that as well. Yeah. So, um, one really annoying thing that happened to us when we uh, started playing was we had different ways of accessing the game as a group. So we had uh, a couple of people going in through uh, Xbox Game Pass on PC. Uh, we had Mojang going straight through the Mojang uh, website and launcher. And then we had myself, which had a pre-order copy. Same as Woofy, but not on the Mojang side. It was on yeah, the Microsoft so... Store side. The weird yeah. thing about this is Game Pass and uh, Mojang launched at 9 o'clock in the morning for, for us here in the UK. Yeah, what time zone is that again? That's uh, BST? BST. Yeah. Just for the point of preference. <laughs> so um, it, it launched at 9 o'clock BST. And we'd all been sat here waiting for it to launch. Uh, so we all press the play button and we all go into log into our Xbox accounts. And um, some of us were getting an issue where it said couldn't um, verify your ownership of the game. And then it came up with a retry button. And then when you would retry, it would ask you to log in again or you would have to close your game. And reopen the game oh, to be able to get nice. access. I'm going to interject here. I didn't have any of those issues. Yeah. At all. Um, um, so... It was only the Game Pass and one sport through Microsoft Store that had those issues. Yeah. yeah which is it very had you interesting. Re verify your Microsoft account. Because you were, you were able to get straight back in. Uh, well, yeah. you were able to go straight in, regardless. Yeah. No, um, no nothing. And then we had, uh, I believe it was Dave, you you had the issue of it wouldn't verify your ownership and you had to press retry and then it finally let you in yeah. after like verifying your account. Yeah, press I, retry, hand, it forced me to put in my login details again, yeah. which was all good, and then it worked. And then it, it worked for you. And Mine was I, a free hand, copy of it expected that to happen so you were playing on game pass Woofy was playing on mojang and i was playing on the uh, microsoft store through the pre-order um so i expected to press this uh, retry button and be able to get in uh, so i was trying this for about a good 10 minutes while everyone was getting set up and uh talking yeah, to each i was other. downloading the game yada 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 um, uh, so the group was talking to each other, working out how to lobby up and get together into the same session and progress forwards. It got to the point where I wasn't being let in and everyone else had gotten it in. Uh, that's including Woofy downloading the full game during the time of me trying that to get in. After so much. Exactly. Um, so, uh, after about 10-15 minutes of me trying to get into the game and authorise my account, 
I then went and looked at um, the Xbox app and the Microsoft store for the release dates. And I noticed that the Xbox app on Windows 10 was saying that the game launches at 9 o'clock BST. Whereas um, in the Microsoft store for the standard edition, that was saying 9 o'clock BST. But anyone that pre-ordered the Hero Edition, the more expensive edition, on the Microsoft Store, not the Mojang Store, because obviously, Woofie was able to get in, weren't able to play the game for a whole hour after the other versions of the game launched. The pre-order copy. I was going to say, the people uh, who are wondering, the Hero Edition has access to the two... DLC packs that are coming in the future along with um, a cape, a pet chicken and a few other skins that aren't available. Yeah, it's two player skins. Um, yeah. And that was my major my major like what the fuck moment. Um, if, if you are a company and you are offering a game or a service as a paid uh premium tier the more expensive version you would generally allow those people that pay more into your game sooner yeah because okay so it's not a multi multiplayer game but i bought a collector's edition physical version of uh borders gate seed of dragonspear when it came out mm. and what they did yeah. Um, because I obviously I was waiting for the game to ship. Uh, the day the game came out, obviously I didn't get the the, the the box copy on the day, but they actually sent me a key. They sent me a game key, and it just worked straight away. No so, no issues. So Let that's me play a, it. A, yeah. That's a version of a de- developer going, hey, you've paid for this product, you've paid more than some other people, there you go, have a key. Exactly. That's, that's what you do. These days, most games, like if you pre-order, like a lot of games these days, you get access earlier. You get like well. an early access. Yeah. Like Marvel yeah. Avengers is coming down the road in September this year, and they've offered a pre-order, and you get a free day. I think it's a free day uh, period of which you can access the game before anyone else that buys it normally. So I. I don't understand why Microsoft or Mojang would limit their premium customers from accessing the game before or at the same time as other consumers that have paid less or gotten access to the game for free through Xbox Game Pass. Well, they either think people are stupid, or... I don't know. There there has to there be... There we go, there, there's, there it is. People there, are stupid. There yep. has yeah. to have been some sort of technical issue, or yeah. some sort of blunder that happened on Microsoft or Mojang's side that locked people like me, who bought the premium version of their it's... game, out of their game. It's more than likely on Microsoft's end because, again, I bought it straight through Mojang. Bro, I was mate, able to get yeah, in at the same time as everyone else. In. Yeah. So, so it's a Microsoft thing, not a Mojang thing. 
this is one of those rare occasions on the podcast where I am going to turn around and say, fuck you, Microsoft. I was excited, and you held up my entire group for an hour by not I'm, I'm letting sorry, us Can in. you say that again, please? One I'm going to say that one more time for everyone listening. Fuck you, Microsoft. Beautiful. Well, I'm I mean, it could have been that. worse than an hour. <laughs> it could have been an entire day. <laughs> that I, that um, would have been the big, biggest yeah. mistake. It was only like. an hour, and we did get in, and the game is phenomenal. It's really enjoyable. Uh, worth the price. The content. I, think, I think it's worth the price, but I do think that the game has a lot of potential uh, to grow and expand, and they better do that for this game, because um, if they don't, they're missing out on something that could be quite sizable. Quite. Well, the uh, format that they've—I gotta say—the format they've got is that they could quite easily make more DLC packs based on other biomes that yes. are focused in in Minecraft, right? So, for argument's sake, they could have a Nether-related. Um, yeah, for biome. sure. And they can they can bring in skins related to those biomes. They can bring in weapons related to those biomes and resources that you would get in the normal Minecraft world and push it forwards. Especially with the nether update that just happened. Like Yeah. Yeah, they've got so much they can they can pull from. They could quite easily support this game for the next year, two years, if mm-hmm. they wanted. Yeah. So uh like I was saying this is one of those rare moments where I am actually telling Microsoft to fuck themselves because it is outrageous for people who pay more to not get access straight away. Exactly. Yeah. Love the game. Agreed. I've had incredible amounts of fun and I've put in a, a ridiculous amount of hours so far. Um, I need my- more hours, honestly. My characters has like some broken ass build that makes everything just squish, and I I need I need more of that in my life. So Mojang, hurry up and release the DLC. I know that you said first of July, but it's 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 not soon enough. Come on, hurry up. I need to I need it in my life. <laughs> Fuck off, cow. Uh, so, that is my <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons uh, rant for uh, for this episode. And uh, Your thoughts. Just, just another opportunity I mean, to say fuck I mean, you to Microsoft. You can tell when someone's passionate about a game when... Uh, when they when they ran for ages, but fuck you, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, just you 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 enjoyed the game, and I've I've heard people who haven't enjoyed the game, and you know what matters the most? You just enjoying the game, man. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, finding sure. finding the things you like in it. You you having your 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 ends with it. And yeah, that's it. I get for me. Um, I'm in two minds about the game, but that's because I'm. I'm very experienced with that type of game, and it, yeah, for me, it doesn't simplistic. feel like there's quite enough to it. Yeah, it's not. I was gonna say it's very. It's not designed for a veteran of that type of game. Exactly. It's very much yeah. designed for someone who's coming into that yeah. kind of thing, who wants to experience 
what this kind of gameplay is like, it's, which again, then could lead them like, onto playing. It's so you you go. It's like Terraria Journey mode. It's like it's super lightweight and yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's very reminiscent of um, the early um, AR uh, PGs, which is uh, like Gauntlet. If you yeah. if you've I remember Gauntlet. Gauntlet. I absolutely do. Yeah. Very reminiscent of Gauntlet, just without the classes. Yeah. That's that's basically the only change uh, between the two. Okay. Uh, I do want to ask a question related. Um. So, for the person who has played Minecraft Dungeons and thought it was quite lightweight, how does it compare to a game like Torchlight? Because Torchlight is a. So I haven't played Torchlight. Oh, okay. I don't think I've played Torchlight. That's I think actually... I've seen Torchlight, but I've never actually it. Is played a, it is a, like, offline Diablo, pretty much. Yeah, it is. Um, I have that game sitting Steam, there. Steam, as far as I know. Uh, I have that sitting in my library. I've been meaning to play it for ages, but I've got too much <sighs> that I need to yeah. play. Too too many games of my issue this year is too many games. Gotta, yep. gotta yep. clear the backlog a little bit. <laughs> so... Personally, I'm very much new to this type of genre. My forte, my first jump into it, would have been uh, Dark Siders Genesis earlier this year, which yeah. I loved. I adored that game, uh, which is why I became interested in this one and a few other games since. Um, but comparing the two, Dark Siders is, is a much beefier beast. There's a lot more oh, to yeah, do customer-wise, sure. um, and just in general, like you've got an arena mode, you've got a fully fledged story that has five different difficulty modes for you to run through again uh, versus Minecraft Dungeons three game modes no arena mode four level no uh, ten levels with like five bonus, bonus ones I think it's four bonus ones. um yeah so look end of the day this was created for people who like Minecraft yeah. and haven't interest in that type of genre it's not for veterans yeah like i acknowledge it definitely wasn't made for someone like me and coming in as a fan of minecraft i do enjoy it coming in as a fan of that style of game it just feels like there could have been more more, right and and it didn't even need to be it didn't even need to be like as complicated as a lot of those games are because they generally are very complicated. You have to understand all the stats and how yeah, every gear so piece works I mean, and things like one, that. I, get I think that. one of my biggest issues is yeah. custom customize ability by being able to customize your character. Because um, outside of if you've all got the same armor, it's very hard to tell who is who. Yeah. At any one time. The thing is, uh, the pre-order edition, the hero edition that we were mentioning earlier. Uh, provides you with two player skins, a chicken pet, um, and a cape. And a cape. But you can't get a different pet or a different cape in game. At least not right now. They have talked about free updates, uh, contents right. rolling. But currently, yeah, at this present awesome. moment in time, you can't access anything else in that term of right. customization. Yeah. You can't earn this, that in-game. This is what I think Minecraft needs. So, so uh, you can tell me if this is already a feature or not. I, I doubt it is. But 
I feel like Minecraft dungeons should play off the strengths that the fact that it is Minecraft and it should let you be able to make your own dungeon encounters kind of Mario Maker style. We and just that say people, that, that yeah. should be a thing. Um, yeah. it's, that would be a lot closer to the dungeon builder in Link's yeah. Awakening remake. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, and that would be like, awesome. And that would also add in like just extra content for people to play through. Yeah. I yeah. It'd be similar to a say... workshop feature in Steam. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say quite oh, yeah. as a flourished feature as Minecraft itself, but having some kind of building would... I mean, that's the heart of Minecraft, I feel like, and... It would add extra yeah. replayability with the a game. A forge mode. Yeah. Forge, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that, that should be added. We should be able to play our own... Uh, custom maps with our friends and uh, yeah. be able I mean, to download other people's maps. Yeah. Agreed. Exactly. Um, well, if that's all we've got to say on the dungeons kind of thing, yes. I think it's about time we rolled into the news. A Roll good 50 into minutes the into the show. <laughs> or about 50 minutes, I don't know. So, um, the reason why that whole section took so long for the people listening is we've had a kind of weird period where we've had a lot of game news, but has it really been big enough to cover? Um, so well, we've got... I mean, it's, it's June now. This is around yeah. when E3 would have been. So a lot of the things that were supposed to come out have already, they've already come out. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. Much. and we've and covered stuff. previously. It's kind of been kind of been drip fed across the the month, and now that June's starting up, we've got a few people who were planning. I, I feel like Larian Studios um, is one of the ones that um, is saving stuff. their E3 fire for today. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff starting from today onwards. Um, yeah. for both Summer Games Fest and IGN's Summer of Gaming. Yes, uh, oh, it's going to so be a good So E3 is kicking off essentially today and will finish at the end of July, start of um, August. So yeah. E3 is just kicking off, so we've not really got that much very detailed news to go into today, but we did pick a few interesting smaller stories that we thought uh, we could go little, into. Little bites. Alongside Zephyr's Retro Junction later on. Yes. Uh, and we, we do have a Retro Junction for you. But our first topic today is relating to Trankmania and Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, speaking uh, of Ubisoft, here they are again. Uh, oh, yes. what a Black Messiah. It's from Dark Messiah, sorry, to Trackmania. To Trackmania. <laughs> we've we've come back to <laughs> Trackmania and uh. Ubisoft. So what's what's actually happened with this um Trackmania thing then guys? Uh. Well, you brought this up, Zephyr. Do you want to spearhead this? Uh, so, basically, I forget the exact details on this, but I'm sure Woofy can back me up here. So, basically, uh, Ubisoft has, for their new Trackmania game, they've... Called Trackmania Nations. That's called correct. Trackmania Nations. They've basically announced the game. However, it's on a subscription model that they're not calling a subscription model. 
The saying, uh, it's something like along the lines of, oh, you own the game for a year and that's it. Yeah, it's, okay. so, the, so it's a rental. Reading directly from an article, Trackmania Nations is co coming soon, and while the base game is free, to gain full access to Track Editor, you need to pay a $10 per year fee. There is also a higher tier called the Club Access, which costs $30 a year and grants exclusive rewards, racing leagues, and other bits. So, uh, just hearing that one statement, uh, and I'm going to read from the article again in a second as well, but hearing from that one statement, you would think this would classify as a subscription. The reason why we picked this story is the headline actually says, Ubisoft says Trackmania's subscription isn't actually a subscription. But it is a subscription! Yeah. yeah. Uh, here is the... Uh, quote from Ubisoft themselves, Actually, it's not a subscription model, but an, an access to a game for a limited time. You have to pay for having access to the game for one period, and that's it. When that time is over, you have to buy the game again for the time that you want to access it again. That, that's exactly what model. a subscription I'm pretty so, sure that's exactly what a subscription model like, is. Yeah, the that article the itself likens it to an MMO subscription model. So, yeah. what... What do they think a subscription is? Do they think that a subscription is a rolling auto-renew? Because that doesn't uh, seem maybe... to be happening with this. So is that Ubisoft's like. actual... Is, is... <laughs> <laughs> I've always seen... Okay, so I've always seen a subscription as a service that yeah. you... Yeah, I've always seen it as, as a service, you know? As a service, that's what you they're pay offering. money they're offering to a service. access that, is what that it is. service for a particular amount of time, whether it be a weekly, yeah. a day, a month, a year, a decade. The, like, yeah. that's so The weird thing about service. this, right, is that Ubisoft actually have a subscription model already. With, what was it, Uplay? Ubis or, uh, yeah, Uplay the Plus. Uplay Plus, yeah. Yeah, that's it. They've already got a subscription model. Like, why do they need two? And the fact why, is, is why, that why, if it what isn't makes Trackmania Nations oh. so special? Yeah, the fact is also it's broken is that up by a subscription that even, isn't a subscription. That's the selling go on, point. Go on, exactly. Dave. Go yeah, on. even Sorry, if Dave. it's not an auto renewal, under the definition of a subscription, it is still a subscription. Like. You pay for yeah. content, you get it for a bit, and then to keep accessing said content, you pay more. That's a it, subscription. It, it honestly My... makes it me doesn't matter whether it renews. Who in Ubisoft is in charge of this particular I, decision? See, I know exactly the mentality going in. So, because Trackmania is such a modular game, and it has like. They they have so much potential in that game to monetize it just because of the appeal of the the custom track builder and yeah. the fact that they could sell like themed tracks later on. I I can see them doing that. I could totally see them going in introducing now have this the this snow track piece, but you gotta buy the pack for like yeah like, like an additional pack to access yeah. it within the actual yep. subscription service. Which isn't a because subscription of, service. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how modular the game is, that I can see that happening on top of the subscription. They know people are going going to buy it just 
just for that. People, but this again, people are stupid. This Sorry. particular <laughs> subscription service or not subscription service or anything, this news story does pull up an issue to whether or not Ubisoft is actually using a global team that are actually working together and sharing their information or not. Because this should just be bundled as part as you play plus, right? This shouldn't be really a should. standalone. It feels like thing, it definitely right? feels it like it should be. Like, it would, at the very least, like if they Sorry, you go, Dave. Yeah, it would at least add something more to you play plus because there really isn't much like mm. really as an alter- i guess as an alternative right if they want to charge more for trackmania for god knows what re- reason they add another payment plan to you play plus you know for an extra five bucks you get access to all of these things yeah, yeah you know, something like, along those lines as opposed it to having uniform. it as its own separate thing it, i don't think it should be standalone and it does show that possibly Ubisoft higher-ups are not um, communicating their plans to each other that much, or working off of a globalized plan. Like, each each section of Ubisoft is working off of their own um, their own R&D blackboard, uh, per se. Yeah. So, it's, so, it brings up a couple of different uh, Issues that I could see happening with Ubisoft. Uh, admittedly, yeah. Ubisoft did clarify this as well um, in an update. So the Ubisoft Nadio Managing Director, um, mm-hmm. Florent uh, Castanarak, um, said, as for why a Ubisoft rep actually said this in the first place, his response was, or their response, I'm not sure. Um, it was an answer written by someone of the studio to another player question on the 14th page of forum on a given minute of the day. Welcome to the internet. Which isn't really a response. That is it's not just how a... you should run a business. Yeah, that... you should. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, mm. I get it, mistakes happen, but that's not really a response. It's like, no, it's oh, not. this is just something it's that like... happens. It's a clinical error. Get over it. So, it, like I say, it shows that Ubisoft isn't working off of a global blackboard, and they seem to be doing their own things as different sections of Ubisoft, which means that we could end up seeing more uh, predatory practices from Ubisoft that aren't related to their other predatory practices. And we could see Ubisoft creating a very difficult gaming experience for customers. I mean, at the end of the day, it depends how many people uh, grab the hook. And if Mm. people decide that their experience is better elsewhere, they're going to go elsewhere. I think you still get those people that are very, very loyal to a company. I I always say this, companies are not your friend. Um... Really I still are. play games. I I still I still feed into companies, but however, like as long as you have that kind of insight, then you kind of know that. Um, yeah. If anything happens, you'll be like, oh, I mean, at the end of the day, they're trying to make money, so yeah. The so, other thing that isn't um, helping them with uh, that, 
Oh, just a quick thing. Sorry, Another yeah. thing that isn't helping them on it is the fact that the information being given um, through these threads and things like that doesn't actually line up with what's in the pricing FAQ either. So there's two different pieces of information as well being handed out there. Yeah. So there's confusion right. on what you even get on the subscription. Talking Great. about subscription services. And money-hungry practices. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love the fact there's two links directly from Ubisoft <laughs> into EA here. Well, people were comparing them. Complete horrible. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so, do you want to go, Cal? So, I believe this happened yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday, um, uh, June 5th. I, I believe is... it was uh, June 4th for the rest of the world that isn't Australia. Yeah, yeah June 4th, um, Eastern Daylight Time. So, I launched up my Steam, didn't know that this was a thing, and it popped up with EA Access coming to Steam. Play your favourite EA games now kind of thing. So, oh, yep. EA Access is now flying because it's such a, a success on other platforms that it has Origin. to try to launch onto Steam. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things that are quite nice from this, such as the Command and Conquer Remastered Collection and that sort of stuff coming to Steam, that's a cool thing. Um, but I mean, I, how is I've this got a list going to of the work? games? Okay, uh, so well, I've got a list of the games currently because they are live on Steam right now. Let's go into dropped. a list of the games then. We have Mirror, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Burnout Paradise Remastered, Unravel 2, Dragon Age Inquisition, Fee, Sea of Solitude, Unravel, Need for Speed, Need for Speed Rivals, Need for Speed Heat, uh, Plants vs. Zombie, Battle for Neighbor Neighborville, mm -hmm. and Crisis 3, plus a whole bunch of DLC-related stuff. And a bunch of EA games that oh, were already sorry, and Dragon Age 2. Steam. So... Yeah, it Dragon Age 2 like... and I Dragon mean... Age Inquisition. Yeah, there were other games already on Steam from EA, mm -hmm. such as Fallen Order and Sims 3. Jade Empire and Crisis. Uh, Dragon Age Origins, I believe, is still on there. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Edge being another one. <laughs> but uh, this is the first major dump of games since 2013. Yes. Yeah. So... Currently, this is a beta. Uh, this apparently isn't a full rollout. Uh, this is a test of how it would work on oh Steam. Oh my god. Um, yeah, because if it was a real thing, they would have had The Sims on there with every single DLC pack. Yeah, yeah. so currently, it's not all of our games, it's just a slice and um, EA Stop. Access is coming to Steam. Um, I believe EA Access is something like uh, £6.99 um, pounds for um, the subscription service, and you get access to the, the games within them. 
I was going to say, on a speculative point, do you think they've only dropped this many games as a taster for people on Steam to be like, okay, I like this, let's go see what Origin has? I think it is, only because they talk about the fact that EA Access members get exclusive trials and other things as well. Like, yeah, that's mentioned on be. the page itself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, according to a couple of different articles here and there, um, it should be a case of you're able to fund your Steam wallet, and then from your Steam wallet be able to pay the subscription for EA Access when it launches on Steam. Right. But okay. if you are already a EA Access member, there's a account connection that you can make from Origin to Steam and be able to access certain games uh, within the program. Um, it doesn't seem like this is a very well thought out program in terms of Valve side because um, it seems to benefit only EA for this. I think EA knows that. I'm pretty sure they do know that, but so. I mean, at the same time, having that extra exposure on Steam means people get to play more games on Steam, and I think Steam kind of needs this right now, because Epic Games is doing real strong on the competition front. Yeah. They are, like yes. They are doing real strong. What is unique they have about this situation? So, um, so mm. games like um, Command & Conquer, the remastered collection... Uh, mm. We'll actually have Steam Workshop support as well. So the code is being ah. released as well, so people can that's work with it. very good news, actually. So like, that's, that's actually pretty cool. For any... Definitely from EA. Yeah. For any, um... I wonder if they saw, like, Age of Empires and saw that Steam oh, yeah, blow up course, and they were like, oh, we up. want a piece of that, Let, let's put Command & Conquer on Steam. <laughs> So Quick. it's only taken for any them forever. Listeners that have been listening to multiple of these episodes, I will now tell you that Greed owns Command and Conquer Remastered Collection oh, currently. Oh, no. oh damn it! Of course he does. <laughs> He's gonna listen to this part. So he he already owns it before uh, we've even had a chance of talking about it here. Are we really so... surprised? That's quite funny. Is that if he were available, Cal and I were going to get him on to just talk about Red Alert. Yes. Like for for like five minutes, and just let him. I, go I would crazy. just sit there and listen because I would have no input, no input. And at no, all. None of us would have done. Uh, I could have. Just, have. Like, we were, the f- yeah, yeah we were just going to let games. him talk. <laughs> like, I love the yeah. games, not as much as Greed. Greed is a whole other level. <laughs> but I, yeah. I do love the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he is a good egg. On certain notes of loving certain particular games, <laughs> shall we move on to our Retro Junction section of the yes. show? Yes! And we already, like, or we kind of almost went on the topic earlier on. Because we did tangent close to it. <laughs> T- today's yes. topic is one that hopefully people are a bit more familiar with. Um, they've kind of gone out of the limelight lately, even the newer games. Um, so, 
Might Magic series. Most people know them these days as the Heroes of Might Magic series, and they're published by Ubisoft. The last game they released, Heroes of Might Magic 7, did not do well at all, so the future of the series at the moment is incredibly uncertain. But in the back in the day, there was a company called New World Computing, and they were the people who actually made the original Might Magic games. So, unlike the Heroes games where you command units and it's very strategic, Might Magic games, though it was very primitive at the time, they played more like Skyrim mm-hmm. or or like Daggerfall or whatever. Um, they were very open world games, and as the games went on, um, there was current there's currently ten games in this series. Um, Ubisoft did make a Might Magic Ten, which went back more to the roots of the far earlier games. Um, but for games like Might Magic Six, Seven, and Eight, and mm-hmm. Nine as well, those games are incredibly open. You make a party, you explore the world, you talk to people, you kill enemies, you can go into very dangerous dungeons very early on in the game if you if you so wish to to die. Um, but yeah, they're amazing experiences, and uh, yeah, they also made a game called uh, King's Bounty, uh, which ended up turning into the Heroes of My Magic games, actually, funnily enough. So there's a game on the PC and Sega Mega Drive called King's Bounty, and that game was by New Oz Computing, and that game was the first, was technically the first Heroes of My Magic game. Published in 1990. Yeah. So I'd say games of note in the series because there are so many Might Magic games. Um, is Might Magic four and five? These are technically one game. Uh, they can be combined into one game. Uh, they're called The World of Zine. Absolutely amazing. Mm. I think they've they've aged pretty decently. The controls aren't aren't great, but I think it's aged the best out of all the older games. Mm-hmm. And then you got the kind of um, the ones with free movement and so Zine was on a grid, but um, was it was it six, seven, and eight, nine? They all have like this free movement, like Morrowind, Skyrim, or whatever. Uh, free exploration. So they removed the uh, that... grid move tile system. Yes, yeah, like it's free I... movement. You yeah. can, yeah. It went from MS-DOS to Windows in that time? Yes, mm-hmm. yes it did, yeah. Uh, Might Magic 2 was actually on the Sega Sega Mega Drive, and I believe Might Magic 1 was on the NES. Uh, it was uh, much easier on the NES. Uh, on I the guess NES. it was on I've the NES. i actually got the up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so history about the company New World Computing. Um, they were bought... Well, they got bought by 3DO Publishing. Doesn't this sound familiar? They they got bought okay. by 3DO Publishing, and they continued to work on Might Magic games. They kind of just kept kept churning them out. 3DO wasn't doing so hot, as it turns out. Mm. Uh, 3DO, they released their console called uh, the 3DO, and uh, obviously that bombed. They were losing a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of like games and stuff. And, um... Yeah. They, uh, was it? They ended up folding, and then was it Ubisoft ended, ended up purchasing them? Yeah, Ubisoft so. acquired yeah, the rights. Or... 
yeah. for like 1.3 million. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, was it Heroes of Might Magic 3 was really popular? I That game is still huge today on Twitch. If you look on Twitch, it still has a massive viewership in like Russia and Europe and Poland. Um... Like the the viewership for that game is still still massive, um. So, Ubisoft has really been milking their audience, and they've been publishing Heroes of Might Magic five, six, and seven. Seven didn't do very well at all. Ubisoft, how? Why? It actually um, does have a really good following. Yeah, I've just it checked. Does. As yeah. as of this recording, there are currently four point three thousand viewers. Yep. Yeah, it's still huge in, on Twitch. In, in Russia, especially Russia, for some reason, I don't know what the, I don't know what the history of the game is in Russia, but for some reason, the game is massive in Russia. Um, be yeah. fascinated to find that I one find out. that really interesting. Um, but yeah, all the games are available on GOG today. They've pretty much survived. Uh, Ubisoft did try my, making a Might Magic X or Might Magic Ten. And it didn't do very well, and I know exactly why it didn't do very well. They put their Ubisoft DRM on it right around the time when people were complaining about DRM. Um, it also lacked some features in mm-hmm. later Might Magic games people really liked, so they went back to the grid system for some reason, and I feel like that was a step backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall Ubisoft did a pretty poor job at uh, making new games, and I think they just stopped. Um, they made Heroes of My Magic 6, which was not very good. My Magic 7, Heroes of My Magic 7 didn't have as good stuff either. And then they made My Magic 10, and I think they just put down the series for good at that point, which is kind of a shame, but the game is pretty much very healthy in the in the modern scene. It's yeah. doing well. So that is Might Magic. I highly recommend checking it out if you're into... If you're into games like, uh, I, I I like comparing it to Elder Scrolls. If you're into games like Elder Scrolls, definitely try out uh, My Magic 6, 7, and 8. Uh, 9 isn't too good. I'd say 6, 7, and 8. Try those out. So um, 6, 7, and 8 would be what you would classify as the definitive experience. Yeah. If you're into more like Legend of Grimrock, styled games mm-hmm. I would say uh, Clouds of Zine uh, was it World of Zine Might Magic 4, 5, 3 are real good ones I think 1 and 2 haven't aged that well, especially 1 but I heard the NES version of Might Magic is pretty pretty play- more playable than the original PC but yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. that's my my retro bit for the day I, I don't know if anyone's actually had an experience with any of those games, but I figured I'd uh, uh, I think a long games. time ago, once or twice, I don't think I've had that much uh, experience with it. I've seen it a lot, but I haven't yeah. actually uh, delved in myself. Yeah. Uh, um, I played through and completed the Heroes of Minor Magic quest for the Dragon Bone Star. You know, I got a fun fact about that game. Go. That game is a remake of King's Bounty on the Mega Drive. Literally the same, exactly the same game. It's just ah. the PS2 graphics. Nice. More you know. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah, didn't that... realize that till a few years ago. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. 
Yeah, that's awesome. what I grew up playing. Yeah, and that was my introduction to the, the Minor Magic series. Yeah, see, I yeah. grew up playing the games. Um, uh, I can't even remember which ones I did play. It's so long ago now. Um, but yeah, I did a quick search and I found out why it's so big in Russia. It's the same. Mm. It was the same idea behind the beginnings of CD Projekt Red. Um, oh. Heroes of Might and Magic were one of the few games in which could be pirated easily and then distributed in uh, post Cold War um, Russia. That's, oh, that's okay. interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so... after the fall of the Iron Curtain. They were having these games come in, but very few of them would work on what they had. And yeah. it was just a case of who could localize it well enough within the pirating groups. And That's really yeah. cool to know. Because in a way, the games survive to this day because of piracy. That is bizarre. I've yeah. never Yeah, I've never heard of something like that before yeah it's the that's history of awesome. um cd project that's how they got started was initially pirating games to sell in poland yeah um because they and didn't have access why, to these why, games yeah that's why it has a scene in po poland as well yeah it's pretty awesome like you go on YouTube, there is a there's a Polish esports tournament for Heroes of Might Magic Three that was done what was it last year, and that blew my mind. That actually blew my mind. But so yeah, um, it was scene fantastic. for that game. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. And it's actually quite interesting looking at uh, what the scene actually is for that particular game. So uh, thank you very much for bringing that yeah. up today. Uh, it's a much broader topic, but... I might yeah. take a, a little bit more of a closer gander after the show and see what's what. You definitely um, should. Talking about seeing what's what, let's move into our third news Next topic for today. Let's yes, talk about so... the PS5 event. The elephant in the room. Just, just very, the very briefly. Very sure. briefly. Uh, so it's been postponed. It's just been postponed <laughs> for, for reasons. Um, yeah. For people watching for... in the future, it's not going to matter that much. But so, it's been postponed for current event reasons. June fourth was the event's um, slated time for the PS5 reveal. And um, Sony had made a statement saying that they were um, postponing said event due to some current events going on. And Verbatim? Uh, do you want me to read the statement verbatim? Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. We've decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PlayStation 5 games, we do not feel that right now is the time for celebration, and for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. Which is a very respectable uh, I mean, statement. Yeah, that's to pretty make fair. During yeah. this time, a completely and utterly fair stance to take. Yes. However, a lot of however, people don't feel that way. 
I'm I'm a little bit pissed because uh, today is June fifth uh, as of time of recording. So this event would have happened yesterday. We moved uh, the podcast date, the recording session, to today to coincide <laughs> with being able to report on said event. And now we've got, like I said at the start of the show, uh, so a lot smaller topics to talk about rather than being able to go properly. I in mean, depth. bonus podcast next weekend coming? I don't it know. Possibly. Uh, it has been said on the website of the Dark Place 4chan uh, <laughs> that this event could be uh, shown on the 12th which is Friday the 12th of June, so... Um, yeah, we may, we may have something to say We then. may have I, something I would then. be, I'd be down to, uh, um, to, 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 to do some of we'll, the, the talkies. We'll get a little bit more in-depth with that as we go past uh, our next news story, and we'll talk about what the plans are going forwards. Move but forward and such. Yeah. Moving um, on. Yeah from this just because it, we had to mention the PS5 event being cancelled yeah. and moved. That was the big thing that happened over the last yeah. fortnight. I it guess. may not be like big news, but it is a big thing to have happened. Like um it's it's not news as in hey look, new game coming out, ha, new game coming out, ha you know, it's, hey, it's look, company just... has has thing here, and yeah. now it's not here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so June fourth was supposed to be that event, and it seems like it could be now June twelfth. Don't take my word as the holy grail for that. Pinch of salt. It's coming from four gen. I'll take a punch. Everyone's um... favorite source of information. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, and moving from one game company to another that w that used to be a part of the console race, Sega. So what's happening oh. with Sega right now? Because I saw so, a little bit of this, but I didn't get... We have two deep. things. Two things regarding Sega. What do we want to focus on first? That's the little, question. Little, little game, uh, game Gear. Probably that okay, one. Let's or focus two. on the game. Yeah, okay. Okay, so... So, Sega announced a palm-sized Game Gear micro-console. It's uh, so cute! <laughs> it does it's look cute. Uh, the, the screen itself is one inch. Literally only one inch in size. And has four different color levels available. It will launch in Japan on October 6th. Um, but there is, there's no news about it launching in the West as of yet. And yeah. that's for... It's, it's got some interesting games on there. I'm just uh, going to go out and say that. There's there's yeah. some interesting games on there. I was about to lead into that. So I mentioned there were four yeah. different colour schemes. Each colour scheme comes <laughs> with a predetermined set of four games. Final... Colors... Was it Final Conflict is on there, apparently? I'm about to read uh, through them. So yeah. if you get the black yes. one, you get Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, and Royal Stone. If you go for the blue one, you get Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvian Ooh. Tail, mm -hmm. and Baku Baku Animal. They're real good games too. Like they're they're going all games. out with these. They yeah, are. If you go for the yellow, you get Shining Force One and Two, 
Shining Force Gaiden, Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo, uh... <laughs> oh, no, really. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of want to buy one. I really uh, do. I know. And right. if we go to... You get Revelations, The Demon Slayer, Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible Special, the GG Shinobi, and Columns. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can and... go demon hunting and slaying and uh, and then Columns. <laughs> then yep. just Columns. <laughs> and all this was revealed as a part of Sega, Sega's 60th anniversary. Uh, yeah. Which is crazy it's to think crazy. about. 60 years. God damn. Yeah. It's a neat little console, though. It's like... I know, right? Oh, I really want one. To be fair, little unit. with the, time... the screen that small, it wouldn't need any battery at all. Like, it would no. just last forever. Like, like in a time Tamagotchi. where micro consoles are the big thing, with the SNES Mini and... Well, you know, NES Mini and the PlayStation Mini. Or well, PlayStation Classic. It's really cool to see a Mini handheld. Just for the novelty? Yeah. Exactly. More than anything? It, it um, would be nice to see it uh, actually, you know, go go big. And... <laughs> you mean a Game Gear? It would, it would, be, it would be nice. <laughs> Cal, just go to eBay. Come on, man. I know, but come <laughs> on, like, an actual official release of something like this? Like... Yeah. Um, to give you a bit more information, this device will offer a headphone jack, charge via USB, and in- and use two uh, AAA batteries for power. Sega is currently running a promotion where if you buy all four variants, you'll receive a special big window accessory that magnifies the screen while you play. <laughs> that feels like the old Game Boy games <laughs> and the different accessories yeah. you'd get with them. The console will re- retail for... Uh, four thousand nine hundred and eighty yen, which is about forty pounds or fifty bucks. I that price is pretty pretty reasonable. I think exactly. Yeah. Like. I don't think it's that bad. I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a neat little novelty. That that's all I can really say on it. And I hope it guys, does get released. I think that's during... all it's got going for it is the novelty yeah. factor, right? There, there's definitely a, much. there's definitely an audience for it though. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, especially, audience. especially in Japan. Like, yeah, for sure. More than anywhere, there definitely more in Japan. But even here in the West, like there is an audience for something like this. Well, just look at um, what happened with the Nintendo Switch. I know it's a, tip, a different beast, but uh, just look at what happened in the West with the Switch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, talking about... moving on from something micro to something macro... <laughs> ah, that's um... a good one, I like that. <laughs> Uh, Sega is currently researching and developing new streaming tech for, um, basically streaming arcade games. Arcade-level games. Fog gaming. Uh, Fog gaming is the name they're using. Yes. Again, this is, uh, not necessarily the West, right? 
um, um, since you're the since you're closest to the techie guy here out of <laughs> anyone here. Um, so um, I actually don't know much about fog computing in general. It's something I okay. don't actually know much about. Um, it seems to be working like cloud servers, but they're mm. also I, yeah. there's very little information about this. It's like there's a tiny bit of a reveal in a magazine, and that was about it. I think this was more of a it was for uh, Mitsu yeah. rather than an actual uh, an actual statement release, if that makes sense. From the sounds of things, it sounds like it could be a Stadia situation, but for arcade machines. Yeah. And better. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Obviously. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, But again, another novel idea. Mm -hmm. Um, On a larger scale, obviously. And since we don't have much to go on in regards to it, it's it's just a neat little thing to uh, mention. Yeah. Because Sega aren't doing a lot, let's be honest. Yeah, so from I've, I've, what I've, I can I've... see, it's not just for gaming either. I They're also going to be using it for other computing, for businesses and things like that. Hmm. Well, gaming talking businesses about, specifically, but... Talking about it looks a interesting. beast and uh, doing stuff. I do like it as an idea. It's, it's 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 a brilliant idea. It's neat. Um, I I just think that uh, I'm I'm not sure how far it's going to go. It's well, very much. It's very much more of a Japanese centric thing, only because of the fact that we don't yeah. really have arcade machines in most not other like areas here. of the world anymore. In Japan, there are thousands of them. Here. Yeah. They really are like a collector's item. Like people have them in yeah, their houses. Same here as... now, yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see <laughs> to, to trail back to the Trackmania topic. I could see it very easily becoming a subscription-based service. Hmm. You you know basically you pay to be able to play these arcade games, which is what you do if you were going into an arcade anyway. You'd Good. pay X amount, or if you've got a membership, you'd pay that, and you'd be able to play these games, you know, unlimited or for a limited amount of time. Yeah, and it'd probably so, come out basi- cheaper than going to the arcade. Basically, moving the arcade from a physical location to a di- to a virtual location, something mm. like you know, Ready Player One, for argument's sake. <laughs> if we're going yeah. to go down that route, route. That's very um, true. It's neat. Yeah. It is neat. Uh, it's cute. be interesting to see what happens with it going forward. Yeah. Agreed. And sure. we'll find out more as time goes on. And so uh, moving on from uh, from Sega the news. news for now, moving on to a little bit more... Um, of a thoughts barrage. This is gonna thoughts, be thoughts, reflection, and yeah. candid speak. I guess a little bit more um, off the beaten trail. Yes. I would say 
So, we've had this little experiment going on for the Omni TV podcast um, for a little while now. And as we've yeah. moved forwards with it, uh, you can see that we've played with the format. And we've changed uh, from doing the show weekly to doing the show. Uh, yeah, and live to moving to a bi-weekly with a recording session like what we're doing right now. And uh, we've been playing with format and that sort of thing to see what worked, see what didn't work, and what basically throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing if it sticks. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be nice. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to put it. Um... And personally, for from my own opinion, I think that we had quite a few stumbling blocks as we started this, um, which we'd changed and adapted and learned from. Yeah, Kayla, Ka- like Kalex being barely awake when we started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that. There, there has been a few times uh, prior to recording sessions where I've had to ring Cal and be like, Hey, where, where, where you at? What's going like on? five minutes. Yeah. The fuck? Um, <laughs> um, or something along those I lines. Think, I think personally, on the, on the main part, we got what we wanted to do with this product. Yeah, um, yeah we... Yeah. Speaking for myself, um, I can definitely say this experiment is something I'm proud of, that I'm happy we've done, and it's come out in a way that I'm happy with. Um, I'm definitely happy with it. Uh, it, What about you two? I I liked it. It's a good distraction. Yeah. For sure. Um, Dave? I've been honoured to be a part of it, like... Starting off, it was amazing listening to it, and when I could make it to the streams, considering the time it, we were going recordings live, are yeah. for me, um, it's certainly been interesting, um, and I have quite enjoyed it, and it has been really good being a part of it. Like, it didn't start off well for me with the last second, we need someone. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. I was dead. That um, was for our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it worked out well, so... I mean, hey, you're still alive I... right now, so that's a good sign, right? Exactly. Who, me or Dave? <laughs> I was going to say, clearly uh, I said earlier I wasn't alive, so... Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's I'm dead. alive, he's dead. This, this is how this works. This One lives, all the other dies. <laughs> um, um, it's... But no, as... Sorry, you go. It's it's definitely been an interesting experiment of what we originally talked about uh, previous to doing this. Um, the fact that this came from a very offhanded joke. And, oh yeah, uh, um, has developed into this is quite cool. Which is brilliant. Always loved that part of um, it. Oh yeah. So I don't think we've actually divulged actually said this on an episode, but. Cal and I were discussing doing streams for the community that we're a part of, Omnicadia, and I made a joke saying <laughs> that we should make a Twitch channel called Omni TV. I then followed that up with, 
don't actually do that. That was a joke. Because I know yeah. what you do, and you'd make the channel. Come That's back. The... <laughs> we come back maybe two, three hours later. It's like, you know what? That was actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. It's the Streisand effect. If you tell someone not to do something, they're gonna do it. Exactly. Yes. Well, the thing is, I told him. I told him not to do it, and I went and did it. <laughs> you didn't do so, good enough well, convincing we yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, the original idea was you sh- we should make a Twitch channel for the community of Omnicadia, and uh, we'll probably call it Omni TV. Don't actually do it. Ha ha! Fun joke. Um, yeah. And then me and Wolfie got together and we were like, "Hey, this actually sounds like a good idea. We could probably do something interesting with this." And as we got discussing, we were like, "Hey, we've talked about podcasts in the past. How about we do something like that called Omni TV?" And we base our social medias as um, Omnicadia as part of the community brand and Omni TV is something that we do within the community. Yeah. And uh, I feel like the experiment has gone really well. Uh, The weekly obviously didn't quite tread out, so we had to change that. It wasn't really that good being alive, so we changed that. Um, And then we both myself and Wolfie got into a situation one day where um we were talking about uh when we were going to do the recording for a particular episode uh, i think this is i don't actually remember what episode it was i think it might have been th- it might have been after the third one and we were up in the air of when we we're going to get around to yeah. the fourth one which i obviously wasn't a part of that's for other reasons, not other for... Other reasons, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't related to what we were about to go into, but we... I was going through personal stuff. We got into a position where um, we could see our creative differences come out, and we kind of locked horns a little bit to try and like push each other's individual flair to the show more than... Um, working together so we had a bit of a clash moment yeah um Um, cal wanted more news i wanted more segments yeah so what it uh, came down to in the end we we were essentially in a position of um what what were we going to do were we going to lean the show more news central were we going to lean the show more segment central or were we going to continue the show as, like, a piece-by-piece, piece, like this particular um, episode? Yeah, um, and to add on to that, sorry, at this point in time, I was solely producing this. I still am, but I was pumping this out nearly weekly. Yeah. Um, And so I was under a lot of stress, and a bunch of other shit was going on. So You had a whole... I was going through a bunch of shit and I did not tell anybody what was happening Uh, so we had a moment of communication not going forwards between each other and um, it kind of blew up into a clash and we were like right okay so we've had our clash Uh, let's get into a voice chat and we'll have a discussion and 
we had a discussion about the future of Omni TV, and it seems that we've decided since that discussion that Omni TV, as it's currently coming out to you, uh, a bi-weekly podcast, yeah, uh, and you know, it doesn't that, work. That doesn't work for um, the way that we're either of our it. schedules. Um, and with our time zone difference, it it makes it very difficult to push out episodes the way that we have been. So instead of us doing bi-weekly, we're now going to change to a more quarterly and uh, adopt a new format called Omni Light, which, which we did a few weeks ago. We did release the, one um, Omni Light so far. The Warner Brothers Montreal situation. Yes. Um, so we're probably going to be continuing Omni Light as we find the time to discuss particular stories and situations happening within the gaming pop culture networks. Um, and our show will no longer be weekly. It's no longer going to be this like bi-weekly situation we're now going to move on to a more quarterly. So we're probably going to do three or four shows, well, four slash five shows, depending if we decide that we want to do a special somewhere um, a yeah. year. And um, adopt our format to an Omni Light. So this episode right now, currently, as we are, we're at 141 minutes, almost 142. Um... So, an hour and 42 minutes going forwards. We will have these Omni Lights as a maximum of, like, 20 minutes. Think of Omni Lights as basic uh, segments. They're just segments at this point. Yeah. But they're um, just streamed down to focus on the one topic. Here, now, boom, what's happening? Get it out. Yeah. So, we're going to be picking news stories or situations that we're interested in, um, a developer, a particular game franchise, uh, something happening in pop culture, this this sort of thing into a smaller, more packaged and complete format rather than having it be as expensive as this. And then our quarterly shows will be like this, where it, the runtime isn't 20 minutes and it gets to uh, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and we'll uh, do retrospectives. Have an actual panel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, might, I might actually be able to uh, like not hang around for just like two hours and be here for a long haul. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, so... We're, we're going to change up what we've been doing. We think the experiment went very well. Uh, we had a couple of creative fun. differences here and there, which we've worked on. Which you're going to happen. Which is going to happen in anything you do. Yeah. If you're working on something as a duo, you're going to butt heads here and there. And uh, our panelists have been absolutely fantastic joining us Uh every recording session or when we were live and bringing their own flair to the show, their own opinions, I their own... I do want to apologise on behalf of Cal and myself that 
We are sorry for the constant time shifts. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are so sorry for that. The moving around oh. of the recording and stuff like that was more uh, trying to aim for particular news stories. As I mentioned earlier on, today we're recording now because PS5's event was supposed to be yesterday. So we're on June 5th. That event was supposed to be June 4th. So that's why it's today. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, we do apologise for moving the, the the bar here and there, and same with um, uh, releasing the episodes at random times on the day of release, rather than having it as set time. We are going to work on that for the quarterlies, but the Omni Lights will be here, there, and everywhere, so hopefully you'll stay tuned for what the Omni TV podcast is going to do in the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything you guys want to say in regards to that? I want to say I'm I'm gonna say something pretty pretty nerdy here, <laughs> but I'm gonna say thanks for making the uh, podcast and organizing it because I know it's I know this isn't the last one, but obviously it's gonna be a while till the next one. So I want to thank you Add guys for like. Yeah, it's gonna be about a month. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's still a long time for me. Yeah, long away. Yeah, I want to thank you guys for like putting putting the effort together to make these, and uh, Wolfie for waking up Calix in our hour of need. Um, it yeah, it's been, uh, to get yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah, and editing the whole thing and pushing it yeah. out. And I've stuff. been aware it's 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 been quite an effort to do so. Uh, yeah, it's been been cool, and you won't see the last of me. I will, I will, uh, I will return. Yes, this isn't oh, yeah. the last Omni show. That... This isn't the end. This we're, yeah. we're not this done. Goodbye for now, but not forever. Yeah. yeah, I will be back to talk about games nobody has heard about and no one cares about. <laughs> hey, I care. Fuck you. <laughs> and I care, and, and uh, I know them. Hopefully, hopefully we can include <laughs> all of the panelists that yeah. we've had throughout the show and bring yeah. them back so then you guys at home who like to listen to particular people still manage to be able to have these people within our content um it's been really good fun to have everyone in it's been really good fun to discuss what we're all passionate about which is video gaming and streaming pop culture pop culture and um, Sh- shitty games no one's heard of. Yeah, uh, so we we don't want to finish it. Uh, we want to carry it on, but we want to do it in a more approachable manner for us as content creators. And um, maybe later down the road we'll change it again and do more frequent episodes, but we'll see where we go from our quarterlies and see how that new format does but this isn't the end we're coming back we're going to be back in about a month's time and we're going to cover all of this e3 news that we mentioned earlier today that there's going to be so much to talk about there's going to be so much oh yeah yeah. it's going to be so good it's going to be a really good show when we come back and i'm hoping that you will all be here and available to uh, come and take a lesson with us and have, join have the conversation. A of, have a little bit of, uh, a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, so we're not finished. No. We're back next month. 
and uh, if you want to get in contact with us in the meantime, our Twitter is um, on Omnicadia. Or if you want to hit Cal or myself directly, it's at Wolfie is me for myself. Or at Lama Carl S, which is me. Um, okay. And panelists, where can we find you on the internet? Zephyr? Oh, uh, so I have a, I have a couple of places. Obviously, um, twi- uh, my Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash heroic Zephyr. Um, I make games and play games, um, mostly games either people have never heard of or RPGs, so, um, that's or Terraria. Stop by. <laughs> or Terraria, yeah, occasionally Terraria. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter is at ZephyrSword, uh, YouTube is, uh, also ZephyrSword, uh, just look up Zephyr Pendragon, uh, I don't know, YouTube's, like, where you find usernames now is, is stupid. Like, I mm. used to have... As uh, uh, Zephyrsword is my name, but because it's taken my actual name, that's how it goes now. But yeah, that's what oh, to find me, pretty much. Um, and Dave, uh, you? I can be found if you at... want to be found. <laughs> oh, maybe I don't. Oh, I'll have to be... <laughs> <laughs> um, Someone's backing out. No, definitely not. Uh, I can be found at, on Twitter at Paralysia two five six. So. Paralysia, P-A-R-A-L-Y-Z-I-A-256. I can also be found on other people's streams very often. I moderate <laughs> for quite a number of people at this point. Uh, but my main two are Silvermoon X and Hyper T-Dog. And mm-hmm. just generally around Discord, all over the place. I'm usually found yes. everywhere. Do do come and yep. check out the Omnicadia Discord, which we will uh, tweet out uh, when this episode uh, gets launched. So while you're listening to this, you will have a link to the Discord. Come check us out. Exactly. And just to cover both Cal and myself once again, I'm Wolfie's Me. You can find me at under Wolfie's Me pretty much anywhere on the internet. I got a goddamn monopoly on that. Um, and Cal, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me again uh, within the Omnicadia Discord as the community owner. Uh, You can find me on any of the socials at Omnicadia, same as Wolfie. So Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. Uh, We're all Omnicadia for them. And me personally, if you want to find me, you can find me under... Calix, C A one E X on Twitch or at Lama Carl S on Twitter and at Calix on Twitter as well if you want to find my other account. Um and hopefully you will say hi, pop up and uh continue the conversation with us. Yes. So, so I think that's it. That's it. I think Thank so, you yeah. to the panelists for joining us. Thank you for Wuffy being our uh, community co-owner for the time being. And our guiding light. Pushing this forwards for us. And Not being dead. Editing the whole thing together and pushing it out there so people can listen. We do appreciate you, Wuffy. Thank you to all of Aww. the listeners that have been listening to this mad experiment. We're not done. 
we're just saying goodbye for now, and we'll be back some point in July. So, look out on Twitter and all of that sort of stuff, and we will let you know when we're back. So, thank you very much for joining for the podcast. Everyone say goodbye yeah. to the viewers. Goodbye. See you guys. There we go. See Had ya. a little bit of a bye there. <laughs> and thank you very much for joining. Peace. Once again, thank you to everyone who has watched this episode and the previous episodes. We will be back in July, so we will see you then. Take care and stay safe. Stay safe.